Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about something that is a very interesting subject to me, hopefully to everyone else, and that's what to do if maybe you don't want to be in business anymore or you want to be in business, but you really don't want to have to start from ground zero. So we're going to be talking to a business broker today. And so please join me in welcoming Chad Peterson to our program. Welcome, Chad. Thank you for having me on, Deb. I look forward to being on your show. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we'll just dive right into this. So Chad Peterson is an expert business broker and sells businesses in excess of $100 million dollars all the way down to a million dollars in the United States and sometimes abroad. Chad was ranked the number one business broker by several publications, and his work has been noted in Forbes, Inc., and USA Today. He is the author of Swinging Doors, A Guide to Selling Your Business. Through his hard work and tenacity, he has been able to accomplish what most brokers have not been able to a whopping 90% close ratio. So again, Chad, welcome. Thank you for such wonderful introduction. Great. Well, you know, you've been doing this for a while. You started your business, I believe, back in about 2005 or so. What is it that made you decide this was your passion? Well, uh, sometimes pain is the best teacher. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I find that uh, without pain, the lesson really isn't learned. And so mm-hmm. I think you know, I think we're all continually, or most of us are continually trying to figure out how to learn the most with, with the least amount of pain. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I was not able to do that when I lost $10 million mm. uh, because I didn't sell my business at the right time. Mm. We were, I had, I had 120 people working mm-hmm. for me and we were absolutely killing it. We were doing incredible. And I just held on to it for too long. Mm-hmm. And my business was worth $8 million to $10 million, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, depending on you know, how we structured the sale. And I, I walked away with roughly zero. Mm-hmm. And I, I not only had I already decided to be in this business of helping people sell their business, because at one point, I started helping people for free, really, mm-hmm. because people would ask me, you know, Chad, right. you're so good at this, help me. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, I found myself in a free consultant position, which is right. the, 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 the pick your brain type of, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, do you have a minute? Hey, do you have a minute? Mm-hmm. And pretty soon it ends up being weeks of my time. And, right. and so I had a friend of mine that said, Chad, you're so good at this. You should be charging for this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you mean just like helping people sell their businesses? Yeah, but and, I like doing it. Yeah. I like doing it. But mm-hmm. then I got crushed and, and I, because I didn't sell at the right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where the passion really ignited mm-hmm. in me. And, and so I, I don't ever want anybody to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's been a long time since that happened to me, but it's hard to live uh, with not thinking about right. what you did wrong. And mm-hmm. you know, to lose eight or $10 million, it's hard to live with that. That's painful. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And mm-hmm. so I don't want anybody to go through that. So mm-hmm. that's really a lot of my passion is helping people with the psychological journey. Mm-hmm to make sure that they are selling their business at the right time. And they're not, they're not getting myopic. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not letting themselves get gripped by their business because they're afraid of change or, you know, they have what we call a confirmation bias. In other mm-hmm. words, they've been, they've been doing this business for so long mm-hmm. that it can, it keeps confirming to them that this is what they need to be doing, even though all signs within them, including their own boredom, their own mm-hmm. lack, lack of passion is pointing towards getting out of it. Mm-hmm. And I want to help them traverse themselves through that emotional, psychological, the psychological journey mm-hmm. to where they, they come to terms with the fact that they need to sell their business because they've moved on in their heart, but they're still holding on to something that they shouldn't be holding on mm-hmm. to. 
because where there's no passion, there's no profit. Right. right. So if I, if I look at your profit and loss statement, and if I could stare in your heart and, and realize that there's no profit, there's no passion there, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at the profit and I'm going to look at the passion and I'm going to see why the business is failing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if somebody contacted me, let's just say they contacted me in 2016 and they're thinking about selling, I already know their passion is waning. Mm-hmm. Now they contact me today in 2020 and their profit and loss looks like hell. Right. So um, there is an association there. So I help people with that journey. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Right. It does. You know, and, and what happens is, you know, they, they might be doing enough to pay the bills. You know, and, and, and enough to get by. They might even be making a profit. But it's one of those where they're like, I got to get up. I got to go do this. You know, and you know, whether it's, it's, you know, a home-based business or they've got, you know, a factory or, you know, a, a, a brick and mortar place. When, and, and we all have those days. You know, let's, let's be honest about that. I mean, there are days sure. where it's like, now going back to bed. Sure. But you still get up and you go to business. You go to work. But, you know, when every day you're thinking, I have right. to go do this again. And many times it's because, you know, you are the only breadwinner. Yeah. In, in many cases, sometimes you're hoping that a family member will either come into it or take it over, you know, and so it's, 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 you know, the, the Chad Peterson and son business, you know, or, you know, and, and, and we do just keep thinking and, and then we always think it'll get better. You know, I'll get that passion back. And sometimes, that might happen. But yeah, when we lose that burning desire, which is why we started that business in the first place. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, and there's obviously many reasons why somebody starts a business, you know, they, they might have inherited it. Um, You know, they, but you know, if they, if they became that small business owner, they thought they had something to a product or a service to sell. Now, sometimes they were forced into it. You know, they got laid off, they got fired, they got downsized. And went, okay, I'll start my own business. You know, or you know, it really was this this well thought out plan of I'm going to to do this. But yeah, we we all had that passion, that drive, and when it reaches the oh my god, I can't do this anymore stage. You're, you're right. That's it, that that's actually past the point because yeah. before then is when we should have thought, okay, is there something I could do to get that passion back? You know, this is kind of like marriage counseling here, right? right. Um, you know, or is it time to, to cut bait? You know, and, and, yeah, and you, you know, said it, you know, that burning desire, that's what it took for them to be successful to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you, if you want to go be self-employed, it's not because, you know, it's going to be easy. It's not right. because it's going to be a slam dunk deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's no guaranteed approach. Mm-hmm. What it is, is that they've, somebody who, who's self-employed, they come to the market with such mm-hmm. burning desire and passion that it's like obstacles don't even exist. Right. And as soon as you begin to lose that passion, that burn inside of you, mm-hmm. all of a sudden those obstacles become enormous mm-hmm. and you're not able to traverse through them very well. Right. And so that's why the profit and loss statement will show mm-hmm. the lack of their their passion mm-hmm. and, and boredom is a big killer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know, you know, I know for one, you know, for me that if I get real bored with what I'm doing, just in life in general, let's mm-hmm. just say it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, 10 degrees out for the last two months and, you know, you got the winter drab and you got a pain in the ass customer or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's time that I just take a vacation. Right. Because if I don't take a vacation and disconnect from it and I stay in it and it ends up becoming, you know, a continuum of a drab existence mm-hmm. only because I need a break. Well, that's me needing a break. That doesn't mean that I'm fed up with what I'm doing. Right. I'm not taking care of myself for a mm-hmm. while. But you, like you said, if every day ends up being like that, it's time to sell. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and even if you are the primary breadwinner for your family, more than likely that bleh, that, you know, ugh, all of those feelings are coming into your home life also. You know, and, and so if you're not happy at work, you're probably not happy at home either. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Now, clearly, you probably need to have discussions with people. It's not just, oh, hey, honey, I'm selling the business. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something that you really need to think about because if you're not happy, then you're probably at business, you're probably not going to be happy 
most of the time. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's a very good point. Great. Well, now, you know, say I've got this business. I have a business. um, And I finally decide, okay, can't do this anymore. I'm just going to sell it. Why should I use a broker? You know, why can't I just like put a a listing on Craigslist or post on Facebook or all those various things? Why is it that I need a broker to really help me through this process? Well, it's it's very much so a daunting task. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say selling your business is the equivalent of, um, you know, selling your own business will be the equivalent of representing yourself in a murder case. Mm. It's, it's that intense, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, you, you can't just, you know, you need to hire somebody mm-hmm. to do it for you. It's, it's a ma- it's, it's a major loss if you don't get it done. The stakes are high. You know, that's why people hire attorneys for big stakes games. And that's mm-hmm. similar to this. Right. Like I said, it's, it's that intense. You know, if you were, if you're in a murder case, you know, why, why would you hire an attorney? Well, because you need to, mm-hmm. um, you know, selling your business, there's a lot to it. Um, understanding the value of the business, understanding the value proposition, what people are buying, uh, understanding the assets, understanding the banking side of it, the underwriting side of it, the SBA guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, the debt ratios, the debt servicing of the business, um, you know, the valuation, I mean, these kinds of things that the general public just don't know how. Right. To get. Oh yeah. How many, how many people, their eyes just glazed over just here in that list. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, that's just 1% of what Mm -hmm. we do. So there's a lot to it. Uh, I have sold six businesses of my own, but Mm -hmm. when I say that I didn't, I'm not saying that I sold them. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that I've, I've had other people sell them, but I've, Mm -hmm. I've sold six businesses of my own. And, um, without somebody between you and your business, the chances of your own emotional grip to that business would Mm -hmm. get, Right. So a lot of times what I have to do is I have to talk people off the ledge because they'll get, they'll get bent out of shape about little things mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll lose their eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. They, they won't see the forest through the trees. Right. So what'll happen is let's just say a buyer comes in and gives them less uh, of, a, of a price than what mm-hmm. they were after. Um, <coughs> you know, they, they can, they can blow the whole thing up. Whereas right. I can come in there and say, hold on now, mm-hmm. you know, $10,000. Is that really going to, mm-hmm. you know, is that yeah. really enough to throw it away? Mm-hmm. And I have to talk them through it. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do that, and, and there's a whole host of reasons why people can blow their own deal up. But if mm-hmm. I didn't do that, um, people just, they would, they would fail and it would be a gut punch mm-hmm. to them because I've seen people uh, make a, a bad mistake and walk away from a $2 million payday and after it's all said and done, it's kind of like a relationship that went sour. Mm-hmm. You're, you're angry, you're pissed right. off. And then after it's all over, you're sad, mm-hmm. you know? And so people get in the intense mode of selling their business and they make the wrong decisions. And a broker there, a broker is there to prevent those kind of emotional mm-hmm. reactions to a very business matter. Right. And so there's a whole host of reasons why somebody needs a broker. Also, you don't want to really mess with it. You know, if you're a business owner, you don't have time to mess with stuff. Right. You still need to be functioning as a business. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm doing this full time for people, it's non-disclosure agreements that I'm sending out that I'm mm-hmm. verifying. I'm getting uh, personal financial statements from buyers. I'm doing a lot of marketing. I'm making mm-hmm. a lot of phone calls. It's a full-time job when right. I'm selling somebody's business. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, what I need somebody to do is stay on top of their business. Mm-hmm. I don't need. Right, you don't want it to be devalued because they're right. not working on it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you could almost say, you know, if somebody tried to sell their own business, they'd look at the financials over the last year and they'd say, "Why did your numbers go down?" And if they're honest, they'd say, "Because I've been working on trying to mm-hmm. sell it and not doing my business." Yep. So yep. what I tell people is just focus on your business and let me handle this mm-hmm. and take my direction. I I am very. Um, I'm pretty militant about how I go about what I mm-hmm. do. And the reason is, is because it's such an emotional process for sellers and buyers. I just follow, I'll follow a very methodical path on how mm-hmm. we do it. And I try to keep emotion out of it. Right. And, you know, I've got a client right now who is, you know, frankly, I wouldn't have brought her on as a client had I seen the signs mm-hmm. that she's showing me now. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm very particular about who I bring on, 
but because it is such an emotional process, I can't bring on a basket case right? because it just, it ends up being so painful for mm-hmm. everybody involved. And, uh, so well, and then you're not doing your best work for them. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know, it's like this, I've got a, one of my uh, boat motors is out of my boat. I have a big boat with two motors in it and one of those motors just failed. And so I, just before I go on this podcast with you, he, the mechanic calls me and tells me what I need to do and why and everything else. And you know what I said? I said, okay, mm-hmm. sounds good. Yeah. You trust him. Yes. Because that's, you know, well, I'm not going to argue with him. Mm-hmm. So when I get a client that wants to argue with me throughout the entire process, mm-hmm. I end up just letting him go. And I think right. this lady is just say, Hey, it's not a fit and, mm-hmm. and move on because life's too short to live like that. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you got to trust the people that, that are in their field. And so I think that's the, the best answer I can give you. you. You have to give it away to somebody else mm-hmm. and you have to trust them in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit back and let the process unfold and believe in the process and trust the process mm-hmm. and be, um, be in a state of still performing with your mm-hmm. business to where right. you don't, you don't let anything go or slip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, of course the, the, probably the easiest analogy is when we're buying and selling a home. You know, it's it's our baby. It's where we might have raised our babies, you know, and, and so the first thing is we're going to value it too high. Correct. <laughs> <You know>? Correct. <laughs> and and simply because we're valuing things that, that they're not getting. I mean, you know, it's, uh, and, and so we're thinking, well, you know, this was, this was great because it was walking distance to the school. Well, that's not, that's not something that you price. Um, you know, plus the people buying it might not have kids. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, we do, we start pricing, you know, we, we, we don't know how to value it. And, you know, and then, like you said, when people criticize, you know, oh, we can't have that paint color. Well, but no, that was the paint color that so-and-so loved. No, you know, and, and, um, but we still have to be living there. And I think that's the other tricky thing is, you know, balancing all of that out to make sure. Everybody believes that what they have is of higher value. Mm -hmm. I have, I drive a beautiful car. Mm -hmm. I drive a a, a Mercedes Benz S63 AMG Mm -hmm. all wheel drive, gorgeous, fast Mm -hmm. car. And I think the thing's worth, you know, ungodly amounts. Of money. Mm-hmm, right. I know that if I wanted to go trade it in, I would, I would have to take a, a, a punch to the gut. Right. Somebody would say, you know, it's probably only worth about 60000 mm-hmm. like, What? That was a $170,000 right. car. And at one time it was, mm-hmm. but it's not now. And, right. Um, so everybody believes that what they have is of, of higher value. Mm-hmm. I would say, Deb, that you just stumbled upon maybe the biggest issue that I have is that when people come to me, they believe that their business is worth far greater than what it mm-hmm. is. And I have to explain to them from a banking perspective, from a lending mm-hmm. perspective, why it's worth the money, why mm-hmm. it's worth the value that I've given. Right. Right. And, and, and that's the key is if the banks are not going to say it's worth X, not going to matter. <laughs> yeah, shows over, right? Mm-hmm. Shows over because right. yeah, unless you have somebody who's paying cash. Right. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the cash buyer is a needle in the haystack. Right. You're not going to find it. No. Not to mention people aren't stupid. So right. they're they're if they're if they have that much money, then they're smart enough that they're going to do their own due exactly. diligence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I tell people the real number. You know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, this is what I say. I say, really, really, no kidding. This mm-hmm. is what it's worth. Right. No, really? No, I think it's worth, are you kidding? Really, really no kidding. This is what it's worth. Mm -hmm. And so I won't bring a customer on unless they're realistic about their Mm -hmm. expectations. And with that being said, more importantly, how do we look past the sale? So let's just say, let me give you some easy numbers here. Let's just say I sold a business and the the business owner sold it for 500 grand. Mm -hmm. But in his heart, in his mind, he thought that it was worth 800,000 or Mm -hmm. 900,000 or whatever obscure number. Well, if we sell it for $500,000, remember, it only takes 10% to buy a business. So if you wanted to buy Mm a uh, $5 million business, Mm -hmm. it's only going to take 500 grand Ah. to buy that $5 Mm -hmm. million business. Now, that $5 million business should be paying you about 1.7 or 1.8 a year. You're going to be making your loan payments. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be it'll pay pay you one point five, one point seven million dollars a year to buy that five million dollar business, and it would only cost you five hundred 
500 grand to buy that business. Mm -hmm. So we have to look beyond the sale rather than getting stuck on a certain price tag of this particular sale. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and valuing is very hard. It's now, you know, on, on some, it's going to, there are some things that are easier. You know, if they have a physical location, okay, it's pretty easy to figure out what that building is worth. If they have product, you know, okay, you have a hundred widgets, these hundred widgets sell for X. Okay. Then, you know, all those things, but it's, and, and the, the tricky thing is the, you know, all of this, especially this, you know, what is it, what is that valued at? Um, and then, you know, if you have employees, you know, how are you valuing those? And that again is coming back to, you can't value that yourself, you know, because it's not just, well, I have 10 employees that I pay 20,000 a year. Yeah. Okay. You're not paying them very much, but anyhow, um, you know, and, and it, there's, there's a totally, that's not their value. Um, you know, and, and so figuring all of this out really, and you know, unless this is something that you do for a living, you're not going to know how to value those, um, you know, and even real estate, you know, it's, it's hard to value real estate. You know, we know what our property taxes are. We know what the business down the street sold for, but okay. You know, what else is going on? And the first thing that I do with somebody is I go through value. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't really get into selling the business or right. Or marketing the business, the mm -hmm. first thing I do is I spend time on the, the mm -hmm. value of their right. business. I probably spend four or five hours with somebody. By the mm -hmm. way, I do that for free. Ah. Um, I don't charge for that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's my way of putting my best foot forward mm -hmm. and letting them know, hey, this is what your business right. is worth. Do you want And to you're starting on kind of that even plane. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not charging for that. I put mm -hmm. I put together my I put my my best foot forward. Mm -hmm. I, I help them understand the value of their business. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I say Do you want to sell, mm -hmm. then it's, you know, we engage mm -hmm. and I'm 100% right. uh, full full throttle selling mm -hmm. the business and I do. I, I have a 90% close ratio. Mm -hmm. And and there's two reasons for that. Number one, I screen my clients, make sure that I'm bringing on right. good clients. Number mm -hmm. two, I make sure that the value is mm -hmm. is proper. And number three, I, I work my tail off to mm -hmm. get it sold. And I do it with integrity mm -hmm. and I do it with honesty and transparency. In fact, I like being overly honest about the mm -hmm. business. If, I, if sometimes it offends my sellers because I'll put on there, well, the sellers become lazy. The seller is mm -hmm. not doing what he needs to do mm -hmm. to keep right. up the marketing mm -hmm. or the seller's old and he's not keeping up with social mm -hmm. media and you mm -hmm. know, whatever it is. So I like to highlight the deficiencies mm -hmm. of the business. Right. That way an owner, a new owner can come in and say, okay, well, if I were just to do these things mm -hmm. that the current owner is not doing, then I could see an improvement. Mm -hmm. in the business. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because that's, that is an increased value. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just fill in the holes, fill in the gaps of the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and again, it is like selling a house. You know, if they're not maintaining it, you know, if they're not doing the things they need to keep doing, then that is going to decrease the value. But in many cases, that's something that's easy to fix. You know, right. somebody not yeah. vacuuming, okay, you can fix yeah. it pretty easy. Right. You know? it's, it's easy to fix with passion. Mm -hmm. Right. So, if, so, you know, for instance, I've got a gun business that's for mm -hmm. sale right now. It's a, uh, it's a little, little weird. I mean, he's mm -hmm. got a lot of business. He's got a lot of guns in his house because yeah. he sells guns on the internet. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so I guess it'd take the right buyer. Mm -hmm. But but this guy, the world has passed him by, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 10 times. His mm -hmm. website looks like a first-generational website. Mm -hmm. So I've got this gun business for sale. And it's, it, it, you know, for the right buyer who doesn't mind, you know, mm -hmm. living around a bunch of guns, um, it, it's a work-from-home business. Mm -hmm. and it's a gun business. And I know that somebody's going to step forward with a mm -hmm. massive passion right. uh, for that mm -hmm. to work from home and to sell mm -hmm. guns on the internet. Mm -hmm. And what the current seller is going to experience is he's going to see the new owner do what he should have been. Right. Doing. Right. And, and frankly, I think most sellers want that to happen. Mm -hmm. They want that to be the case mm -hmm. right? because, you know, they want to see their business excel. Right. Yeah, so I, because I if they didn't care about it, they'd just shut it down and sell everything off. Yeah, right. Indeed, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's neat for me to see the seller um, see the new owner that has passion and, mm -hmm. and uh, drive and determination and a burning desire just magically turn the business into mm -hmm. something way better after the right. sale. I, I frankly think that 
our country based on the presidency, a, a new president coming in every four years or maximum eight years mm-hmm. is probably why we've stayed on top for so long. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, if a president were to stay in office for more than eight or 10 or 12 mm-hmm. years, he'd probably become bored right. and wouldn't have the gusto. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that new president that comes in, he's ready to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And then after about five or six years, you can just see it on their face. Right. They get the, the short timer mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how much Bill Clinton aged when he right. was in office. Mm-hmm. It was enormous. Mm-hmm. Even Barack Obama aged mm-hmm. significantly. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you know, my job's done. And that's right. after four to six years. Mm-hmm. And that last year or two, they're itching to get out mm-hmm. of it because it's just taken so much right. from them. And I right. think business owners are the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you look at large corporations that have CEOs. Uh, you know, Now, granted, some of them have been there 30, 40 years. Um, but the, it does tend to churn a little bit more often than that. And what happens is then they bring in their own team. And, you know, and, and so same thing with the presidency. It doesn't matter what party you're for, you know, even if it's the same party that, that you know, comes into to office, you have different people that are doing things. And so there's different passions, there's different skills, you know, all these different things come in. And so that's then why things tend to, to go back up on the upswing. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it, it, it is one of those things where people are, you know, they're, they're thinking, okay, I, I'm, I might want to sell. And so that, you know, they, they come to you and you, you give them the, the value of the business and, and they accept, okay, my business is worth $2 million. Okay. I thought it was worth more, but I'll settle for 2 million. Then what happens? Well, you know, before that even happens, you know what they do is they sit there and think about selling their business for years and they don't, right. even, know, they don't even know the number, mm-hmm. right? So the, the best thing to do, because everybody, everybody understands that we have CPAs, we have accountants, mm-hmm. and so we have to stay on top of that. You know, mm-hmm. we, we stay in touch with our CPAs and our accountants. But how many business owners stay in touch with a business broker to make sure that every time they do their right. taxes, mm-hmm. they're looking at how much is my business mm-hmm. worth? I believe right. that everybody should be focused on mm-hmm. that. Um, that way... At tax time, you know, send in your returns, talk to your broker that mm-hmm. you trust and get the value. Now, once mm-hmm. the value is there and it's talked about, let's just say your number, $2 million. Well, what I want to do is I want to look at that $2 million and I want to talk to the to the business owner about it and say, are you ready to sell? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm not. Well, why aren't you? Well, I've been doing this for so long. I automatically know that's not an answer. That's mm-hmm. not the right answer. Mm-hmm. Or, well, the kids are going to go to college, and um, you know, well, I, th- I, you know, I'm not 65 yet, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I ha- I have to exit for 2.5 million. That's my mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. No, that's my number. Can't, can't do any letting it. Mm-hmm. Right, and then I just kind of gently knock on them and say, mm-hmm. but are you passionate? Are mm-hmm. you driven? Right, are you excited to do mm-hmm. what you do. And I have to talk about that ledge. And the next thing we would do is get them to understand that this business is ready to be sold. And then I help them move on to the next mm-hmm. adventure. Right. And that's what I call it because right now you might have 20 employees and there's not enough aspirin on the shelf for all your headaches because mm-hmm. of these employees and you're beginning to hate it and all these mm-hmm. kind of things. Well, somebody else, you know, one man's heaven is another man's hell. And right. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's sitting in a cubicle right now who has nine bosses and hates his life mm-hmm. and fights an hour and a half in traffic mm-hmm. every single day to and fro work uh, with a 30 or 45 minute lunch break and wearing a badge on his chest to mm-hmm. identify himself. And, you know, I mean, there's that guy right there. He probably has enough money mm-hmm. sitting in his 401 or his, mm-hmm. or his mm-hmm. IRA or whatever it is where he wants to get out of his existence and right. he wants to, and he very mm-hmm. well would love this business mm-hmm. owner's business. Yep. But the business owner who's considering selling for 2 million, he's already moved on in his heart mm-hmm. and his spirit. So it's right. time for him to move on to his next adventure. Mm-hmm. So if I can get him $2 million, I can show him to go how, how to go buy a $5 million business mm-hmm. and only lose 500 grand of his winnings. He'll mm-hmm. still have $1.5 million right. to move up. I can quadruple his income mm-hmm. in the next six or eight months mm-hmm. of his life. Also, I give that business owner a really good vacation. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody needs a good break, but I don't mm-hmm. mean a two week break. I mean, like, oh. like they do in They're Europe. They're going around the world. <laughs> yeah. Like they do in Europe. Take two months off, you know? 
That's what people need to recharge. Mm -hmm. And I can help that person go on a break Mm -hmm. and get them a, uh, get them a better situation whenever Mm -hmm. they come back. Right. Right. Well, and then of course we have the business owners who have that exit date in mind. You know, they know, okay, it's when their kids are in school or out of school, probably, Um, you know, or they're a serial entrepreneur or something, you know, they know that in five years, they're going to be done, you know, and, and, and that's great. You know, it doesn't matter what the age is. We're not talking about, you know, this is retirement, you know, like you said, you'd already sold six businesses, Um, you know, and, and so those are the people who still need to be checking in with you to make sure that what they're doing is, it, hopefully increasing the value of their business, but certainly not decreasing their business. And so it might be, you know, that they call you and they say, hey, Chad, you know, you know that we're going to sell this business in five years, but I've got this opportunity to buy a new piece of property. Should we do that? Should we not? Um, you know, and, and all of those various things, because again, you're wanting to increase the value of that business. So they might still have the passion and heck, they might have that passion, you know, when they, when they hit that date to sell, but that was, you know, that was their plan all along. But it's, you know, it's, it's something to, so it's not just, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell my business today. You know, you know, it's, it's that long-term plan. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, and that's, that's a great point you make, not only that, but even if you come to me to sell your business, it's going to take me mm-hmm. and you six or eight months to even right. get it sold, right? right? Mm-hmm. So once we once we sell your business after six or eight months, you mm-hmm. still have to transition with the new owner for mm-hmm. say ninety days, hundred mm-hmm. days. Yeah, depending on what it is, they might right. they might actually want you to stay on as a consultant or yes. you know, whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, all so sorts of things. Right. So people, you know, sellers end up getting to like a cliff in their mm-hmm. mind. They think. They think, well, I'm going to sell my business like right now, like mm-hmm. we're standing at the edge of the cliff. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, this is definitely, definitely mm-hmm. a, a crawl, crawl, mm-hmm. walk situation. Right. We're never going to run. Mm-hmm. Let's just start crawling now. And and maybe by 2021, mm-hmm. um, maybe we'll get it sold. Right. And, and maybe by spring of 2021, mm-hmm. uh, you are, uh, you know, out of it com- entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you're staying on as a part-time mm-hmm. consultant or, you know, just a, maybe a figurehead. I have one business that was so big that the uh, business owner had to stay in because he had to be a figurehead. Right. Um, right. And I always uh, use the example of uh, men's warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who says, I guarantee it. it was right. Mm-hmm. I believe. You know, people don't know this, but he didn't own part of that company any part of that company for the better part of like 20 years. Wow. But he still did the commercials because mm-hmm. he was such a figurehead. Mm-hmm. So they just paid him for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you never know where the, where the road's going to lead you. 99% of the time people sell, they end up uh, walking away after mm-hmm. 90 days, maybe 120 days after mm-hmm. the sale. But what I'm saying is people should be ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Be ahead of the sale because it's not like you're going to sell today. If you decide on Monday you want to sell your business, it's not going to be done by Friday. Well, no, it's not, mm-hmm. not going to be done in the first eight nine months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to take right. some time, right, uh, to find the right buyer, mm-hmm. get you a good price, mm-hmm. and get the deal structured and, and have a good transition. So, mm-hmm. um, I would tell people to always, I think, everything's for sale mm-hmm. at any given time. And follow your passion, follow your emotional, you know, figure out how you feel about things because mm-hmm. that's important. And if you, if you think that you can get excited about something else out there, cause there's a million businesses, mm-hmm. there's a million ways to make a million dollars. And, um, you know, if you can get excited about something mm-hmm. else, follow your excitement. Mm-hmm. And I think passion might be maybe a little bit of an, of an overused word, mm-hmm. but, but you know, because you can't always be passionate. I mean, truly passionate. Like for instance, I, I'd love to be Tom Cruise. I think that'd be mm-hmm. an incredible career. I, I can honestly say that Tom Cruise's career seems way better than mine. Uh, I love what I do, mm-hmm. but but even even if I can't have Tom Cruise's uh, career, mm-hmm. I've got to get passionate about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I mean, yeah, something else could be better, mm-hmm. but I've got to get excited about mm-hmm. this. Right. Because if you don't, if you don't bring the excitement to it, mm-hmm. somehow it just doesn't reward you. Right. Well, and on the flip side, when you're that customer, that potential customer, you know, business partner, whatever, when you're working with someone who doesn't have that passion anymore, you're like, 
okay, maybe, maybe I'm not going to continue working with you. You can feel it. Yeah. yeah, You know, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the, the guy who owns the restaurant on the corner or, you know, a, a, a speaker like, like I am or something like that. When they don't have that passion, it's pretty easy to go find somebody else who does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can only fake it to make it for so long. Right. I mean, it's going to wear off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, now let's go from the other side. You know, we're, we're now the person who is thinking I've had it with corporate America. You know, the, the cubicle guy, you know, like you were saying, I've saved my pennies, you know, I've, I've, you know, or I got an inheritance, something, you know, I've, I've got this, I've got this chunk of money, you know, and I've got this passion, but I don't want to start from zero. You know, I, and now I don't want to buy a business that has, you know, a hundred thousand employees, but I don't want to have to start and go, okay, I need to buy a computer. I need, you know, all of those things. I don't want to start there. I want to buy an existing business. How do you work with people like that? Well, it's an interesting question you make, and I, I'm going to answer it the best that I think anybody could answer it. And here's how this goes. Believe it or not. And I know that your audience is partially uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a good mix, right? Mm-hmm. As you and I have discussed. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is a difference. And an entrepreneur is going to go in and after three or four years, he's going to work like hell. He's going to make as much forward motion as he can. Mm-hmm. And then he's on to something else. Right. Well, believe it or not, business owners and notice I didn't say entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but business That's owners, a different, yeah, different breed. Yes. I mean, a business yeah. owner and an entrepreneur are different. Yeah, and business owners that come out of corporate America are far better at operating businesses than entrepreneurs are. Mm-hmm. So for your audience, if an entrepreneur is staying in the business owner position for too long, he might be the problem in the business. Right, and, they're and the these, ones that get bored. Yes, and the and the the... The guy who's coming from corporate America, who's going to empty out his 401k, Mm -hmm. or let's just say he had stock split or they had a Mm -hmm. buyout and he's looking at all this money and he's, you know, this guy's got 500 grand saved up. Mm -hmm. He's making 75 grand a year and he just hates it. Mm -hmm. That guy is probably going to be a better business owner Mm -hmm. than the entrepreneur who started the business. Right. And so what I do is I help somebody come from corporate America to get through the banking process to acquire that business. And to your point, they don't want to start off from scratch because there's a lot of risk in that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of risk. Now there's very little risk to buying a business that's already, you know, had seasoning on it. Mm -hmm. If you're buying a business that's even three years old, I mean, and they've shown great profits, there's minimal risk in that. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the banks that I work with, I've asked them their numbers um, as far as failure rates. Mm -hmm. And out of out of the banks that I use, their failure rate is one out of seventy-two. Whoa! So it's almost mm-hmm. it's it's almost uh, non-existent the, mm-hmm. the the risk of buying mm-hmm. a, a business that's had some seasoning right. on it. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that banks really won't get behind a business that they don't believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's problems with it, the bank's not going to ultimately right. They don't want to lose money. Right. So in, so in those walls of those banks, they have attorneys, they have, you know, CPAs, they Mm -hmm. have underwriters, you know, these people are there to be kind of a a guard dog to make sure Mm -hmm. that somebody isn't buying the wrong business. Right. And um, so there's very little risk Mm -hmm. in buying an already existing business. And then when you have the owner, the current seller, Mm -hmm. who now is responsible for training that buyer who just Mm -hmm. came out of corporate America, now you see that owner come to life again because mm-hmm. now he gets to explain. Right. This. He gets to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he teaches the buyer. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, it's almost like two flames burn hotter than one. Mm-hmm. So that buyer comes in a little nervous, a little shaky, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. concerned. But he's also coming in there with vigor because he's so tired of his corporate job. Mm-hmm. And now you get the seller who's now excited because he just closed and put $2 million in his pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to show this, mm-hmm. this, this guy how to do it. Mm-hmm. And these two start hitting it hard and those two flames converge. Mm-hmm. And I've seen businesses take off like a rocket right. in, in right. during that time because mm-hmm. they're both excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of what it looks like. If that, if that makes sense. That's right. what it looks like. 
Right. It's funny, as, as you were saying that, I'm thinking, but then how many times does the original seller think, ooh, I shouldn't have done this, <laughs> you know? especially yeah. when they see it taking off. Um, so, you know, there, there, there obviously needs to be a plan, a strategy that, you know, you're, you're going to help me for 90 days and then go on to your next adventure, um, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I sold a, I sold a business um, uh, back in probably August or September of 19. And um, they, the guy had been doing it for way too long. You know, mm-hmm. he'd been self-employed for 30 years doing this mm-hmm. and he ended up selling it to Jake, my buyer. And the, he was just like, Chad, I'm ready to sell. I'm ready to sell. Well, he sold to Jake. Jake took over. And now Jake has almost, uh, he's on pack. Uh, he's on the path to double the business. Ooh. And, oh, uh, that's painful. Yeah. yeah. So my, my seller jokingly says, you know, I, maybe I should have kept the business, but mm-hmm. the neat thing was that they had Thanksgiving together. I mm-hmm. thought that was really neat. You know, a mm-hmm. buyer and a seller, there was a large exchange of money that mm-hmm. happened and um, they did Thanksgiving dinner with, with, Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of these things where people end up becoming really good friends mm-hmm. through the transaction. And there's always that tongue in cheek. Well, maybe I should have kept it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think once somebody's ready to move on, they're ready to move right. on. Well, and when they're honest with themselves, they look at it and go, okay, well, I sold this business to Bob. And Bob brought this knowledge, this skill, all of these things, this passion that I no longer had. And so, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's a little disheartening that the business has doubled, but that's because of Bob. You know, yes. I set this great foundation, then Bob took it from there. Absolutely. Or Sue, maybe we got to right. Sue. <laughs> maybe so, that happens too. Mm-hmm. Sue's right. happened too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right, definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, the cool thing is, you know, you can find those businesses that that are for sale, um, but you know, as the person who's who's wanting to buy, it comes back to what we've been saying. It's a passion. You know, it can't just be, well, gee, I've got this money and I I want to buy a business. What are you going to have a passion for? Um, you know, because you don't want to be the person that two years into it are going, I don't want to be doing this anymore. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and 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 you have to be careful right there because. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can go ahead and be ahead of it and sell it, I've seen, mm-hmm. there are people out there that buy businesses and they just move the needle up uh, mm-hmm. after about two years and then mm-hmm. sell it. That's yeah. their model, kind of mm-hmm. like kind of like flipping homes. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there, there's there's a lot to be said for that, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I'm, and and it is. I'm sure it's like flipping homes. That is what they do. You know, they they put whatever needs. You know, whether it's capital infusion, you know, employee infusion, whatever it is, they do that, and then they sell it at a profit. Yeah, yes. that's. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Yeah. So what are some of the, the bugaboos? What are the things that are the most challenging about this prospect? Whether you're a buyer or a seller? Uh, the biggest, we've already discussed one, which is people thinking that their their business is worth way too much. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I want to sell it for $10 million and you're like, no, Deb, it's worth not that much. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And then I would say... Um, the bank has, you know, the, the buck stops with the bank and mm-hmm. the bank is going to have all sorts of challenges for us to get through. And it's, it's really the success of the transaction depends on how well the buyer and the seller can traverse through mm-hmm. the uh, banks oftentimes seem, you know, very petulant, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's just like, really, you want me to do what, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the, the right. banks have all these demands. Mm-hmm. And, and they so have reasons say, for it though. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. reasons for it. And so the buyer and the seller really have to get through the process. And I commend a buyer and a seller through getting through that because it is mm-hmm. pretty intrusive, but that is also part of what I do for them. Mm-hmm. I get them through that banking right. process and I help them with that arduous task. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that's, that's another problem. Um, also the, the transition of power, I think sometimes mm-hmm. is, is an issue where when is the buyer competent to take over? Right. When is it time for the seller to let go? Yeah. Like we were saying, they might kind of find that passion again. And so they're not wanting to let go. Right. Or not thinking that the buyer can Mm -hmm. do it. And, you know, so there's, those are some of the issues The, the, the value being too high, the bank and their demands. And then the process of getting it transferred the, the, the transfer of new power mm-hmm. to, the, to the new owner. 
Um, those are the things that I think are a sticking point throughout mm-hmm. the transaction. And you know what? My, my best clients are those that trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I talk in both of their ears. I'll, I'll, I'll talk in the buyer's ear. I'll talk in the seller's mm-hmm. ear. And it's kind of like that old rock and roll song. You know, we don't always get what you want, but you mm-hmm. always get what you need. I, right. I'm probably botching it, but that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're not always going to get mm-hmm. what you want, mm-hmm. but you right. get what you need. Mm-hmm. Like the Rolling Stones saying that. Saying that's that. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, buyer and seller have to be flexible mm-hmm. because if you go in there with an attitude of, I want this and I want that, and there's how it's going to be. And this mm-hmm. is, well, you're never going to get a deal done right. because there's so much give and take mm-hmm. in life. There's give and take. You know, I don't care if it's my dog. You know, I have I have to give and take with that boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's ten years old. He doesn't listen to me as well anymore. There's give and take. So now I have to use treats to have him come. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's give with my with my gal. There's give and take there. Mm-hmm. There's always give and take. And so you'll find that with business owners, they have such um, they have hard heads. A lot mm-hmm. of business owners and entrepreneurs are hard headed, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they have ego. And that can oh yeah. And again, this was their baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, my best clients are those that listen to me because I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. listen, we're, we have to bend here. I need you to bend for me. Can you bend mm-hmm. for me? And if they'll bend, then I'll mm-hmm. get us to the finish line. But mm-hmm. often I don't, you know, sometimes I don't get them to the finish line and that's why I don't have a hundred percent close mm-hmm. ratio. It's why it's 90 is when somebody won't. Right. Bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. Well, I'd imagine also that, that one of the difficulties is when you're dealing with multiple people, you've got the husband, wife, the, the, you know, the, the, the family member or two business partners. I mean, you know, they, they don't have to be related. And so you've got, um, you know, and, and that's where the, and, and it was funny, I was reading on your blog where you were talking about, um, <coughs> excuse me, you were working with a couple. And they had very differing views as to what the value of the business was, you know, and, and so I guess it comes back to what we were saying a little bit ago. Sometimes it is a little bit of marriage counseling. Um, But I would, I would guess that that's where it gets difficult also to be able to, you know, work with both of those people or, you know, in some cases it could be multiple people, especially if you're dealing with a family to make sure that they're all on the same page because they're going to be family long after this business is sold. And, and so you really don't want them to have a bunch of, of hurt feelings. Sure. It's, it's the wife, it's the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, sometimes their accountant. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the buyer's accountant. Sometimes right. it's the buyer's attorney. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the seller's attorney. So really what I'm doing, and I'm kind of like the, the tiger tamer. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy in the middle of it all, making sure that everybody is not mm-hmm. getting out of line. Because, right. you know, egos get involved, mm-hmm. spouses get involved, mm-hmm. they're, they're not informed, attorneys get involved because they get paid clock time. Right. Uh, you know, the, the seller believes that the business is worth way more than what it is. The buyer mm-hmm. CPA thinks that it's, you know, um, you know, way overpriced, you know, so it just depends on mm-hmm. everybody's got varying opinions. Right. But like I said, the buck stops at the bank. And so mm-hmm. I often have to just resort back to. Hey guys, I know this is what you want, mm-hmm. but this is what the bank's going to do. Right. Yeah. You. Yeah. There. The the bank has said that the business right. is valued at X. Right. You know, it's it's not going to matter that you think it's worth a lot more than that. You know, and and sometimes it is okay. Well, we can wait because it, it you know it might you know the the value might increase, but you know, in most cases that's probably not going to happen. Well, right now you just said something that's beautiful because. Let's just say that comes to, let's say that we come to that determination that, mm-hmm. that you know, the value isn't there. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and run it for another year or two and right. get up. Well, mm-hmm. if I can see that, mm-hmm. that gaunt look in their face or mm-hmm. like, I can't hardly do right. it. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say, then sell for this mm-hmm. number. If right. you don't have the gusto in you to go mm-hmm. do that, then you got to sell now. Mm-hmm. Because in a year from now, it's going to be worse. Right. You know, um, so I think people get there and it's just depending on how tired they are. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them there's, there's three problems in every business. One is marketing. Mm -hmm. People aren't marketing as well as what they should. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not spending the time on social Mm -hmm. media. They're not making the videos. Mm -hmm. They're not converting from text. They might not have the money to do that because of the other problems. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's marketing. The second problem is management. 
There's always a problem with management, whether it's the mm-hmm. management of their own time, the management of their schedule, the management of their employees, mm-hmm. the management of their money. So marketing, managing, and the third, but most important is their message. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the three M's, marketing, management, and messaging. Mm-hmm. And you can almost find any problem in a business within those three M's. Mm-hmm. And so so if you are at a tired point in your life and the numbers aren't there to support the business sale price that you want, mm-hmm. well, we got to look at the three M's, mm-hmm. marketing, management, and your message. And right. are, you, are you doing this properly? Because mm-hmm. if you were to focus on marketing, management, and your message mm-hmm. and branding to go to the market with, we could see better numbers. Right. And, and it think, might actually reinvigorate your passion for the business. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have coached people to uh, to, to focus on the marketing, mm-hmm. their branding, the messaging, the management. And um, I've, seen, I've seen improvements. Because mm-hmm. they not, get frustrated. And so then if things are going well, that, that helps. Yes. Yes. Yeah, a little bit of wind at your back can invigorate mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because wind at your face all the time, it just blurs you out. Right. And and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, it can be an extremely successful business. But if it is that grind all the time, it's not going to matter. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, what other tips do you have for us? You know, and and especially if you are, you know, a a person who's thinking, okay, I want to do this. I want to buy a business. What are some other things that we should be thinking about? Well, for sellers, my my advice is simply to stay in touch with a business broker who's really good at what they do. You know, I, I'm very good at what I do. I've been ranked the number number one broker mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. I, you see all these plaques behind me. I, my work's been noted across the nice. country and internationally. Mm-hmm. And I've done a really good job at this. Now, with that being said, I don't need a paycheck. Now, does that mean that I'm a nonprofit organization? No. Or no, it's far from that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I but I don't um, I don't need a paycheck. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you straight up honest, right. mm-hmm. integrity driven mm-hmm. advice. I'm not gonna mislead you. Mm-hmm. So you need to find, you know, your audience needs to find a broker they can trust. If they're mm-hmm. a seller uh, and they wanna go through the process, find somebody you can trust. Mm-hmm. If you're a buyer, I have a whole other list of advice for mm-hmm. you, and that is you want to go buy the perfect business, but everybody wants that perfect business. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of like these dating sites, right? And I could, I could list the, the most perfect woman on the planet, but everybody else wants her too. Mm-hmm. Right. So how, how am I going to get her? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the mm-hmm. business. Everybody wants that business that pays a million dollars a year mm-hmm. that you only have to go in 10 hours. Yeah, I don't away. have to work all that hard at. Right. Yeah. Everybody wants it. Mm-hmm. So here's my advice for the buyers. If you really, really no kidding, want that business, you have to pay a broker that you trust mm-hmm. to get it for you. Right. Here's the thing. I have 3000 buyers right now. Mm-hmm. And if that business that paid a million dollars, that didn't require a whole lot of risk, a whole lot of effort, a mm-hmm. whole lot of time, a whole lot of stress, mm-hmm. If I were to get that business that landed in my lap, which I just got one the other mm-hmm. day, as soon as I send that to my 3,000 buyers, it's like throwing a pork chop right. in front of 10 dogs, mm-hmm. okay? So if your buyers want that business, they have to be in contact with me, mm-hmm. and I have to, I'm have i going to give them a price for me to go get it, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get it off market. Right. In other words, it'll never be seen to the public. Mm-hmm. Right, because you don't want that feeding frenzy. Exactly. So you know, I just have I just have a uh, just brought on a yacht servicing business, hmm. and it's a fantastic business. Now, I just sent it out, and we've got seven people right now that are already on it. Mm-hmm. Now, if one of your buyers, if one of your audience is a buyer and he wants to come forward and wants me to go find mm-hmm. a business like that for him, he has to pay to be at the front of the line. Right. Now, that's that's very not really popular to say. But it's the truth. Right. Oh, yeah. You have to, you know, you, mm-hmm. for instance, I'm, I'm trying to buy apartment complexes mm-hmm. right now. I'm trying to buy apartment complexes that have 300 plus units. Ah. And when I went to my broker mm-hmm. to go buy these apartment complexes, I wrote him a check. Mm-hmm. Right. Said, it's kind of like earnest money. I yes. mean, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, let's, but I'll put it a different way. It's, I'm serious about this money. Absolutely. Yeah, because you know it's funny, and, and I have to be careful. I, I because sometimes truth sounds rude. 
Mm-hmm. So I have to be careful to not be rude, even though the truth is what it is. Mm-hmm. People will call me and they'll go on this long diatribe of what they're after. You know, well, I'm after this, I'm after that. I need to be making a million dollars. And I'm like, and I have 3,000, 4,000 mm-hmm. people a year coming to me and telling me what they want. But mm-hmm. until you write me a check, right. as I'm serious mm-hmm. about going and getting mm-hmm. what you desire, mm-hmm. then we're, we're wasting our time. Right. Well, because, you know, it, it came, comes back to what we were saying before, where people wanted to, you know, initially just pick your brain. You know, it's if somebody tells you, okay, I want a business that sells this, that is in this location, that does this and this and this, you're going to have to put in your time yes. to find that. Yes. So it's not, well, gee, I'll pay you when we do it. No, it's now I'm, I'm sure it, you know, it gets folded back in, but you know, it's not, you know, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I just, I want you to do this and, and we'll figure it out later. Right. No. Yeah. No, it's not that at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll basically on, if I were to go um, hunt down an off market business, I'm going to mm-hmm. have at least seven or $8,000 in hard marketing right. costs plus my time. Right. Well, so especially I, if it's off market, because aside yeah. from anything else, you got to convince that business that they want to want to sell. Right. And so if I'm going to charge somebody 30 grand mm-hmm. to go get them what they want, they're going to say, wow, that's a lot of money. And I'll mm-hmm. say, yeah, but for every month that you don't own that business, that's costing you $50,000 right. a month because mm-hmm. it's opportunity costs. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that, mm-hmm. so then what I see the buyers do is they just keep searching the internet and searching mm-hmm. the internet. And they'll search for two years and they still won't find right. it. Why? Because the other brokers operate the same way. Right. Yeah. They're not, they're not mm-hmm. going to work for free, nor are they going to mm-hmm. give you the creme of the crop uh, right. business. Uh, just whenever, whenever they can throw it to the, mm-hmm. to the pack of wolves they already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and when we're researching it ourselves, you know, say I decide I want to buy a needleworking business. I don't know. But, you know, if I'm looking for it, probably the businesses that I'm finding either are not worth it for whatever reason. Or they've already been sold. You know, yes. I'm behind the the yes. cycle. So whatever effort, <coughs> excuse me, that I'm putting into it was a total waste. Absolutely. And the biggest thing you can do, just to pound this thought in, is you have to be with a broker you can trust. Right. Oh yeah. I mean that is that is ninety eight percent of it. And and obviously we're talking in many cases about a lot of money. But even if we weren't, it still has to be somebody that you trust with because this is your future. You know, whether you're buying or whether you're selling, this is your future that we're Absolutely. talking about. So it has to be somebody you trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. I, I agree well, with you. Oh my gosh, Chad! This has been so much fun, and we are, but we are almost at the top of the. We didn't talk about your book. We didn't talk about a variety ah. of things. So tell people how they find and connect with you if they want to work with you, because you do work with people around the world. Yeah, around the world, globally, I, I help people. In fact, I've got a business in Spain right now that wow. we're, we're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, go to petersonacquisitions.com, dot mm-hmm. uh, petersonacquisitions.com, and. Let, let me know on there. Just go to get the book mm-hmm. and let me know that you you heard me on Deb's show and uh, I will send you a free copy of the book. Oh, great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have people that will take you up on it. And again, that's called Swinging Doors. Swinging Doors. Um, you know, and, and it's a, a great resource. I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but it definitely looks like it's it's a fabulous resource. And your website has, you know, a lot of other great information also. So, you know, especially if you're just thinking, hmm, this is something I want to do, again, buying or selling a business, check out Chad's website because there's a lot of great information there. There is. Thank you so much, Deb. Appreciate that. Great. Would you have any final thoughts for everyone? Well, the final thoughts for me would be when you're doing well is the time to sell. Mm-hmm. So don't wait until you're doing poorly to sell. And where there's no passion, there's no profit. Mm-hmm. And another adventure awaits you. You just have to be willing to take those steps with somebody like me who you can trust to navigate that journey with. That would be my final thoughts for you. I love it. You know, and 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 again, you know, folks, don't wait until you've devalued the business because your passion is no longer in it, you know, because this was your baby. You know, even if it was a business you started two years ago, you don't want to sell it at a loss 
because you waited too long, um, you know, and, 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 you know, you, you also want to buy at the right time, you know, all of these various things come into it and clearly very serious discussions. And so it's, it's great to have a resource like Chad to be able to, to walk you through this process. Absolutely. Very well said. Well, Chad, I have had a great time talking with you. Would love to have you on again. This is, you know, obviously something that is, you know, it's it's an ongoing type of of process. People are always going to be buying and selling. I'm pretty sure they were buying and selling rocks a long time ago. Um, you know, there, there's this rock business and that rock business. Um, you know, and and so you know, we'd love to have you on again to to chat more about this. But until we do, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Chad Peterson, and everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.